2: Um, I'm so honored and touched that Dr. John Gray agreed to come back on again. Um, I have to tell you that the last time we spoke, the time went way too fast and there's so much to talk about. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Gray and then I'm going to start off by asking him a very important question. I want to know, um, So, Dr. John Gray, as if you don't know, is the leading relationship expert in the world. I mean, who has not heard of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which is only published in 50 different languages, 50 million copies sold. Um, It's the best selling nonfiction book of all time. Did you know that? Um, It launched his Mars and Venus book series that forever changed the way men and women look at each other and their relationships. And that is for sure. He's appeared on on the Oprah Winfrey Show so many times, and I watched every one of them, Dr. Oz Show, The Today Show, CBS Morning Show, Good Morning America, The View, The Early Show, probably every show. He's been profiled in Time, Forbes, USA Today, and People. Now, last time Dr. Gray was on, we talked um, a lot about staying focused in the hyper world, but we're going to go a different direction today. But first, let me welcome back Dr. John Gray.
3: Thank you so much.
2: It's a pleasure. It's really amazing to have you, and I do, as usual, have a lot of questions, but I was thinking right before the show that I wanted to know,
3: how did you get to be so smart? (laughs) Like, how do you know all this? You know, I have a a unique brain. Uh, It was studied back in the 70s because I spent nine years as a celibate monk, uh, spending between 10 to 15 hours a day. Uh, meditating, and I'm a big believer in meditation. I don't teach it because it's not something I need to learn. Often we teach the things we're learning, and there's lots of people that teach meditation. Uh, I did a lot of fasting, which I think is still good for everybody, is that if you, you know, it's always been in every spiritual tradition in the past, in every healthy tradition, which is to take time to not eat and let your body uh, burn up all the extra fat on the body but during that time when you're fasting, your brain is growing tremendously. Uh, also, I have a uh, you know, good exercise routine. So these were things I really focused on in my 20s. And I think it gave me a different perspective, particularly when it comes to men and women. Because what, you, what happens when you go into meditation, meditation practices have been proven now. And they did this research on my brain even when I was in my 20s. They tend to synchronize the left and right hemispheres of the brain, giving you access to both uh, masculine and feminine characteristics, uh, both complementary values in the brain. You know, we see one part of the brain is analytical, one part of the brain is intuitive, one part of the brain is emotional, one part of the brain is more detached, one part of the brain is more relational, one part of the brain is more non-relational, more mechanical. Uh, So what happens is through meditation, you're able to balance that more and literally, they've seen that you're, you grow more connective tissue in the brain. Uh, ironically, what's unique about men and women is that women have by far have way more connective tissue in their brain than men. That's cool. just an evolutionary feature. But men, particularly throughout history, have studied meditation because it helps us to connect the different parts of our brain. Okay, so you said <laughs> that was an interesting answer I've never given, but you asked it,
2: <laughs> and and you know what I and you you inspire a lot of. Um, in me so I, I I'm definitely going to want to ask some more questions about you and your journey but you started to talk about men and I want to sort of uh, let people know that we are this show often talks about women because I'm a woman but today we're going to talk about uh, your most recent book called conscious men and we are going to be talking about men so I am going to start back at you for a moment because you said a lot of things there so are uh, let me see if I've got it right are you saying during that time that You were doing the meditation and the um, fasting, and uh, you were a monk, if I understood right. Is that right? Yeah, okay, celibate. Celibate monk. And a celibate monk goes on and writes like all these unbelievable books (laughs) about men and women's sex relationships. Like, oh my God.
3: You know, it seems it seems weird but actually it's really it makes sense because having not had sex for 9 years, the most important thing for me was to have sex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that.
3: <laughs> and oh, the, thing, that's amazing. the thing I was not good at was relationships, so I had to learn uh, to be good at relationships. Every step of the way I had to learn. But from my perspective, Uh, I had an insight that most people don't have. And this is important. This is what I teach men and teach women is that the foundation of a happy relationship is to know yourself and how to be happy alone. When you can be happy alone, on your own, independent, then you can be happier through relationship. But, But if I'm looking to my wife, which I've been married now 30 years, if I look to my wife as the major source of my happiness... Uh, then I'm needy, and she would be needy on me. But when I have a source of happiness inside myself that I can access, then she can make me happier, and I can make her happier. So together, we get more, but you have to be a whole person within. And so many people... Uh, don't know how to be happy on their own. They keep looking to the opposite sex or alcohol or drugs or, uh, you know, making money, whatever it is. They're looking in the outer world for their happiness, which it does make us happy without a doubt. But we need to also sort of strip that away and find a source of happiness within ourselves. Then those things and our relationships particularly can make us much happier.
2: Well, John, I'm very, very happy that you said that. Um, I, I honestly could talk to you for eight, like 10 hours because every day in my practice, every talk I give, it's always about, you know, like the first love affair is really with yourself. And um, I really believe that you can't draw into your life anything, any more love than what you give yourself. So that's very consistent with what you're saying. So um, I am I feel very um, touched that I'm in such good company um, now. I wanted to briefly touch before we get into the book. this I, I thought it was interesting. you said I, like there's so much in what you said. You said that people, and I agree with this too, people teach what they want to learn, so I'm guessing you wanted to learn more about relationships.: I wanted and needed. okay, And you don't teach about meditation and fasting because you don't need to learn more about that. So quick question: do you still meditate? do you still fast, and how often do you do these things?
3: Uh, generally, every day I meditate at least an hour. And every week, I'll fast uh, at least one day. Every year, I fast at least seven (laughs) days to a month. Come Uh, on. Yeah. Well, the fasting is not just not eating anything. When I do a one-month fast, I have just a bone soup. Uh, Right now, I'm just starting a fast with my wife, where we're just going to have what's called Beeler's broth. Uh, It's a zucchini and a few other vegetables blended together, cooked and and then blended together. For dinner, and then we have uh, for lunch. We'll have a a raw juice drink.
2: You're gonna so kill me. For, you're gonna kill me for saying this, but you know you're gonna have to come back because now I need to know about the fasting and why you think this is so important. <laughs> okay. Because you look. You look amazing. Uh, like, you look amazing. You seem to be living a really like. You seem like your your vibe to me is that you're feeling pretty good in your skin.
3: You know, here's something which is really quite amazing, and I know it am going sound braggadocious, but. Uh, if you If anybody I tell the people at my seminars I was just uh, two days ago in a uh, uh, Kiev uh, in, in Ukraine. Wow I go there, I fly there it's a long long journey to get there. I get there and the next morning I teach my seminar. I have absolutely no jet lag. The next day I go uh, sightseeing next day I fly home, I get home and uh, I have absolutely no jet lag. People cannot believe it, but I—I I say, I, can't I talk it. to my handlers, and they see it. I don't experience jet lag, and that's because, particularly when I'm traveling, I fast. That's a big part of it as well, but also because I keep cleaning out my body through fasting. Uh, that's just one aspect of, of being a whole person is being healthy. And you know, we talked about we teach what we need to learn. Uh, what I teach a lot now is about health, uh, you know, and the nutritional side of it. I still teach Mars Venus because um, people want me to. You know, I'm well known, and and, you know, I'm really that's sort of my my unique self, my unique gift to the world. It's where I've gotten the most recognition, so I, I joy joyfully do that. But it's a little different. It's not like I'm reading tons of books on relationships and looking at relationship studies anymore. However, for a good 10 years, uh, last uh, 10, 15 years, I do study a lot about the new science of, of brain differences because I feel like it's really helpful for both men and women to recognize that our psychological differences have a grounding in our biological differences. And it helps us to make sense of our differences. It helps us to respect our differences. You know, when you, if you're in a room... And you have to walk all the way across the room to open the door. You don't resent that because you know there's that's the way it is. You're not like, going, gee, why isn't the door closer? Well, that's just where the door is because right. we have realistic expectations. But when it comes to relationships, our gender differences are not so clear cut. And therefore, our expectations are always, uh, are not always, but often they can be unrealistic. And then we resent each other Rather than realize, well, that's just the way that person is. Now, having accepted that, how can I bring out the best of them? How can I nurture them so that they can be better? And when they're nurtured and feeling better, they're feeling loved, they will love me more, particularly if we're in a relationship and there's this natural chemistry.
2: You know, last time you were on, you you were you know I was asking about like how men just go into that you know place where they can just shut like shut everything off, and I was also asking about the toaster, the famous toaster. And honestly, just in our conversation, it's I love the way you just did the analogy with the doorknob. It's almost like I just see my husband like that's just the way it is. He loves fixing toasters. Like he doesn't actually touch a toaster, but I know when he's fixing things, he's in his good place. So that does bring us to men. I have to make a little joke at my expense is I had to fly just within Canada. I'm I'm in Montreal. I had to fly within Canada last week and do two talks, and I pretty much came home, got sick, and couldn't handle it. So I'm – I'm in awe of you. I, I can't believe you went to Kiev and had no jet lag. So I need to learn more about that at another time because that is. I think it is about being a whole person because I love what I do, um, but I find that I, my body doesn't handle the uh, traveling very well. And you are a gift to the world, and uh, the fact that you found a way to be able to keep giving your gift—wow, that's really
3: inspirational. So, I'm, yeah, I think you know back to what we're just saying about people teaching to. Uh, what they what they need to learn. There's two aspects there. One, we we teach. We're interested in those things that help us to grow. And then there's also what we how we contribute to the world. And and that's another part of us. You know, as a teacher or a, a person serving the world, we find our unique gifts, and then our life is spent providing that for other people. You know, I ask myself, as well as my wife would ask me, why do you have to fly all the way to Russia and Kiev to do this? <laughs> You could go down to L.A. You could fly anywhere in America and give talks, and I do. But why do I, you know, next week, next month, I'm going to China or Japan, Japan, then China, then I'll be going. You know, I just go all around the world. Why do I need to do that? Because, uh, you know, it is still hard on the body when you make these travels. You're getting yes. Asian all the time when you're up there. You're pushing your body hard and so forth. So, And my house is much nicer than any hotel I could ever go to. My neighborhood right. is more beautiful, really, from my perspective, than any place in the world. And certainly I do like variety. But why do I have to travel and work? Because I have to. That's what I'm here to do. When we find our authentic self, then our own unique abilities come forth And then our happiness primarily comes from making a difference. I mean, we're here to to make a difference. And if we're not, then that can be a cause of depression. So, you know, here I am very happy in my marriage with my children and my neighborhood, my house and my income. All these things are working and I'm healthy. But if I wasn't doing my mission and purpose in life, I would become depressed. So there has to be a balance of all these things. It's not like I'm working all the time on my mission and purpose, but that's a part of my life. And we all have to honor these different parts of who we are if we want to experience health.
2: Is there information on your website about these health practices that you do?
3: Oh yeah, half my website. You know, I'm famous for men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So we always have relationship blogs. And ironically, my daughter... One of my daughters, Lauren Gray, is sort of, she produces more of the blogs on relationship and they're way more popular than mine. I (laughs) do more blogs on health and wellness and supplements and having, you know, my belief is that we all have a choice and, and people who are not educated, unfortunately, don't have the choice of how to be healthy. They go to their doctors to be healthy, but doctors are not trained in making you healthy, really. Doctors are trained at treating disease. But disease-only results we're not healthy. So my expertise is how to stay healthy, how to be healthy, and if you are sick, what choices, what things happened to you, what did you do with that, what do you eat, how do you exercise so that those diseases would grow. You know, one of my brothers, you know, my my brothers, I have lots of brothers, and they all had sicknesses, and one of them had cancer, and I would go with him to his hospital while he was getting his chemotherapy, and I would say, do you know why you got cancer? He goes, oh, I don't know. It's genes. I'd ask somebody else there, why did you get cancer? Oh, it's genes. It's in the family. I've got this particular gene. Well, everything <laughs> everything is genes, but do sick genes, how do sick genes get turned on? That's why you know, this whole genetic uh, insight has shown us that just because you have the genes for Parkinson's doesn't mean you're going to have Parkinson's. Just as you have genes for ca- breast cancer doesn't mean you're going to have breast cancer. Right. It means that if your lifestyle and your food and your thinking and your emotions and the quality of your relationship and what you do in your life is not aligned with who you should be, who you are, uh, authenticity, uh, love, uh, you know, compassion, wisdom, if these qualities are not coming through our life, then these, these, these genes get turned on to die. And, and people don't realize that it's our lifestyle that creates sicknesses, period. And so much now, which is great, people are realizing that. So we have the power, if we educate ourselves, to be healthy. If we don't educate ourselves, we will be like everybody else who, who gets sick and goes to a doctor who gives you drugs that do not make you healthier. No no one disputes this. No drug has ever made anybody else healthier. It will diminish, in some cases, negative symptoms, only to right. create other negative symptoms.
2: Right. So, um, you know, th- there's so much to say just on that. Please give the website. Let's get that for everybody right away. What is the website, please?
3: Okay, it's marsvenus.com. And if people go to what's called, right at the top, there's a little thing that says health blogs. That's all you'll see, health blogs. And in there, there's a over 130 different blogs on all these different health challenges where people can understand, at least in my research, how they created that condition and what they can do without drugs to heal that condition, to be healthy. You know, ironically, as we sit here talking to each other, if we're completely healthy, we have cured cancer, we have cured Alzheimer's, we have cured dementia, we've cured all those things. It's like... People, when they get better from a sickness, it's like a big miracle. But look at all the healthy people. They're already doing it. So this is, you know, our potential is to be healthy. And it's not modern medicine that makes us healthy. Uh, it, it, it is, it's, it's really, there is a shift in our health. There's way more diseases today than ever before, but people can live longer because of the uh, sanitary conditions, you know, people in, and. Farm areas have always lived to 90 to 100 years old, all around the world, uh, if they had good water. Uh, however, when we started living in cities, because of the, 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 the closeness of people, the filth in the water, the filth in the air, the toxicity, people would get sick. And now we have you know, chlorine that, that, that purifies the water. That made a huge difference. Uh, we have antibiotics that would stop infection. That made a huge difference. Those are the two big, big things. But then antibiotics has now created a whole new series of problems because it wipes out what we now know to be the microbiome, which makes all of our ben- beneficial brain chemicals. Uh, so people have more depression. And the antibiotics wiped out the good bacteria. The chlorine wipes out the good bacteria. So we're missing probiotics in our gut. So now everybody says, take probiotics. Uh, but uh, can you get all the probiotics that you're missing? Uh Wow. Oh, uh, there's quite. so, there's no end to it. There's no end, yeah. but you're providing it. Now we got
2: to take a break, John, but I guess it's really a nice segue that you are the conscious man. You're the conscious man. And we're going to come back and talk about your amazing book, uh, conscious, being a conscious man. This is straight talk with Sandra Rich.
4: Join
1: the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life.
5: Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at Spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or Spamunari.com.
4: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's one You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reish.
2: We're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reish with the uh, fascinating uh, Dr. John Gray. I... I- There's so much I want to learn from him. He has such incredible knowledge. He's written a very fascinating book. Uh, This time we're going to talk about men. It's called Conscious Men. So, John, what made you write this book about men in particular?
3: I love the question. Uh, Wherever I go, I would get this question quite a bit. A lot of my books are just responses to the questions that come my way, and then I look into them. And the question I hear a lot from women is, where are the conscious men? How do I find a conscious man? And and the reality is they're all over the place. But you have to understand the way men think and feel the more conscious they become. What does it mean to be more conscious if you're a man is you tend to uh, break out of the limitations of the stereotypical male role and you begin to embrace more of the culturally suppressed feminine qualities. Men have been suppressed on a feminine, suppressing their feminine qualities. You know, it's like you couldn't wear pink shirts. You can't grow your hair long. You know, you can't have more feelings. Well, suddenly when men have more feelings, uh, they become a different species. They become a conscious man. But the conscious man is not always what you hope he's gonna be. He actually comes with a whole new set of challenges. For example, if (laughs) if he's more in touch with his feelings, he's gonna have greater fear in approaching a woman. He's not going to right. initiate the what relationship as much. Right. So women need new skills to sort of understand that. And, you know, you might be looking at him and flirting and twirling your hair and smiling. And he's thinking, why is she staring at me? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Conscious Men um, is really a book for men and women then. Oh, yeah. Every chapter is how women can understand men and how to bring out the best in men. Uh, and so, it, But it's also f- help men understand you know what are my new challenges today why am I less motivated why am I becoming depressed why do I have more anxiety Uh, why am I not able to sustain uh, traction in a relationship Uh, what happens as men start to connect with a woman and love her if he's a conscious man he's more he has more access to his emotions so his love will be deeper his love will be more sincere however when your love is deep and sincere it produces more female hormones It produces more estrogen. It produces more oxytocin. And those hormones suppress his testosterone. So when his testosterone starts to drop, he loses his attraction for her. He's not sexually interested in her. Uh Uh-oh. And so it's like, so we have a whole new set of problems. So what do we do? So... Well, what do we do is we understand that each one of those issues has a solution, which every chapter, which is great, I talk about what are the obstacles, what are the challenges, what are the practical practices that a man can do to strengthen his masculinity as he becomes more conscious, as well as what women can do to strengthen his masculinity as he becomes more conscious. Uh, It's amazing uh, what, what we see. We see it all over the place is that men's testosterone levels are dramatically dropping, and that's one of, the major, one of the reasons for that. There's several. But one is uh, we were just more conscious. We're more in touch with uh, fem- traditional feminine, the feminine side of us. We all have a male and female side. Uh, it's not that a woman doesn't have both sides. A man has both sides. And as men start to become more aware of their feminine side, when they're under stress, uh, they tend to go that way. Rather than becoming more masculine, they become more feminine. Uh, so, if a man gets upset, rather than backing off and becoming cool, calm, and collected and thinking, how can I solve this problem? Uh, there must be another way flexibility. Instead of doing that, he'll tend to become overly emotional and he gets angry or he feels fear. He holds back. He loses motivation. He becomes argumentative. He becomes petty. You know, we start seeing these qualities in men with their wives. They get very, very argumentative the more emotional they become. Now, he might say, well, that's my masculine strength coming forth. But I help men to understand that, no, it's not. Whenever a man becomes emotional, his testosterone levels are going down and his estrogen levels are going up. You're actually becoming feminized. And part of our challenge today as men is to come back to masculinity. And for a woman's challenge in her relationship with a man is to support him and becoming more masculine rather than encouraging him to become more feminine. Here's a practical example of that. If you talk about your feelings, estrogen and oxytocin go up. Okay, that's just a biological reality. Talk about what's going on inside of you. Talk about your feelings. Talk about yourself. Your estrogen, oxytocin levels will go up unless you're talking about yourself to solve a problem. But if you're just sharing about yourself and how you feel, estrogen, oxytocin, go up. So women thinking that they're doing the right thing, they encourage men to talk about their feelings and open up and, and tell me what happened today and how did you feel? And, and it, rather than do that, she needs to encourage him to listen to how she feels. Because whenever you're listening to somebody, you're actually increasing your testosterone. Whenever you're quiet, whenever you're silent, whenever you're not speaking, uh, you're just listening. You're in a, a focused mode of listening, of penetrating, of seeking to understand, to research, to validate, to explore, to go where no man has ever gone before. These are all masculine qualities. So most people have no idea that listening strengthens masculinity and increases testosterone, whereas talking and sharing increases estrogen. So once you understand this biological reality, it now makes sense to go, wait a second, don't encourage him to talk more. She should be encouraged to talk more and learn how to have communication where she can feel safe to express everything inside of her without him interrupting and trying to solve the problem and telling her not to worry about it and try to fix it. You know, this is a lot of what I talked about in Men Are From Mars. But when I wrote that book, I certainly didn't have this new knowledge of how our hormones are different, how our biological reality uh, really clearly shows us what's the best way to find balance today. And conscious men Need to know how to find that balance
2: okay, so um, i th- I think you know everything sounds actually like good news for me as a woman and the other women listening because it means we like to talk, so it means when he 's listening, he ends up feeling more masculine. Uh, where I was a little confused, and I want to check with you is if he's starts to get petty during a conflict, as you said argumentative you say I think I heard you say that's when his
3: feminine side is coming out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, when a man is being masculine, one of the qualities of masculinity, now remember, women have this quality, too. It's their masculine side. One of the qualities of masculinity is confidence. Uh, is basically, you know, too much of that can be arrogance, but the masculine quality is confidence. And so when a man loses confidence, where he feels, he starts to feel, that, "Oh my God, she's not loving me. She's pulling away her love. She's criticizing me, I'm going to lose her." Whether he's conscious of that or not, there's a fear starting to come up inside of him as he loses his confidence, literally, that's when an enzyme gets released in his body. It's an automatic biological reaction. When men lose confidence and they're feeling threatened because somebody that they love is rejecting them or potentially rejecting them or it sounds like they're rejecting him. Uh, at that time, uh, his, uh, there's a hormone called aromatase, which converts his testosterone into estrogen. This is all very well known. This is an amazing phenomenon how we can shift gears. But the problem for men is that when, estrogen shifts to, when testosterone shifts to estrogen, blood flow stops to the front part of their brain where they can actually hear another point of view. He cannot hear a different point of view. So the conscious
2: man would be confident, and as the woman's complaining about something, he wouldn't be triggered to be so argumentative, is what you're saying.
3: If he's trained. See, what we have here is a new species (laughs) of men is that they're conscious men, but they have no role models on how to behave. So they tend to not... They tend to go in the wrong direction. They have, in a sense, he has more potential to be this uh, soulmate, to be this amazing partner, but he also has a greater potential to be the worst partner. Uh, if he doesn't know how to manage these new feelings that start to come up inside of him in relationships, he can become needy and demanding and critical and pouty <laughs> and petty and all that stuff. Uh, so, how does he get trained? That's why I wrote this book. Yeah. To help understand we buy in the book, first of all. And also, I, I, it, really, the ultimate way for a man to get trained is to have a good woman <laughs> who can train him. you got to whip him in the shape, in, in a loving way. Really? really? Well, here, really? here's an example. My wife, if, uh, if she wants to talk about something and I start to interrupt with a solution, she'll say, no, 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 I don't need a solution. I'm just needing to talk about my feelings, and then I'll feel better. And I'll feel much better if you say nothing. Now, most women, they don't think to say that. That would sound so impolite. It's not what she wants to hear from somebody. So why would she say it to him? Well, now she can say it to him because she knows that his he will stay more in his testosterone side, which is his confidence side, if he doesn't speak. As soon as men sort of make their point, they'll, they almost like defend it to their death. You know, they argue and they get petty about it and they get on one point and they're going to see I won the argument. And-, and And this is a wonderful aspect of masculinity, which is, you know, commitment and defending and standing up for what you believe. These are great masculine qualities. But then suddenly you confuse that with a lot of feminine qualities of emotions. Then now he's got to defend his emotions and his emotions are usually irrational. So now he's using his good logical brain to defend that which is irrational.
2: Okay. Well, okay. Weren't men always like this? Like if... This is not new, this part, right? About getting defensive. This is not a new
3: concept, is it? Well, what's, what's okay. We've gone from a world of, yes, it is. And no, it's not. Okay. We've gone from a world (laughs) of role mates and the role of role mate, where our roles defined who we were, roles told men, don't talk. You know, the whole idea of men, the tall, silent, strong type, you know, the mysterious type. This is what women were attracted to. They weren't attracted to a guy reading Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, who wants to share his feelings. Or conscious (laughs) conscious men. That's right. But as women are becoming more conscious themselves, they're drawn to and wanting and feeling the traditional, stereotypical male is not what they want. Uh, One aspect of it is very appealing, uh, particularly when she gets closer to ovulation, research shows that she's more attracted to the rough and rugged and and tough guy. Uh, my, my wife and I, last night, we were watching uh, The Good Wife. Uh, we record it. And it was interesting. She pointed out the two main women in the room uh, in, in the show uh, who are lawyers – they're, they're attracted to these very rough, tough, rugged guys, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This really rough, tough, rugged guy. Now, the truth is, that, you know, these are actors, so these rough, tough, rugged guys also are incredibly vulnerable and emotional and caring and considerate and sensitive to her needs and intuitive. <laughs> they, as, if as if they crew. read
2: The Conscious Man. They read the book. <laughs>
3: That's right. They're conscious yes. men who are, are in touch with their female qualities but also their masculine qualities. But you generally will not find that in your rodeo rider. Uh, although today, who knows, every, every guy, because we're no longer required to, in a sense, pay all the bills, and because we're not required by society to be the major provider, we're kind of out of work. Uh, we don't, there was like this burden on men to be very masculine and crank it out and do whatever you have to do because people depend on you. Now women are more independent, so that allows men to be more relaxed. And as they relax more, they go more to their female side. But as I mentioned before in arguments, if they get to their female side, blood flow stops to the front part of the brain where they're able to hear another point of view. That's the, that's, that's the problem. You can't really take in another person's point of view. You shut off. You shut down. You start defending.
2: So very briefly, we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll, I want to talk, and I want people to know how useful this book is and how practically it's written. Because it really, each chapter tells you a specific thing about being a conscious man, um, and I guess the woman's role also in it. But when that blood flow is not going to the front part of the brain, what what can like is it in the book? Is it clear what can a man do in that situation?
3: You know, I mean, he's triggered. I clearly teach men how to deal with that. You have to learn how to deal with that. Uh, And and we can do that when we come back. All right. We'll be right back with the amazing Dr. John Gray. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Rishi.
4: Your favorite Voice America talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
5: Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at Spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or Spamunari.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products
0: for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reisch. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos Therapy Series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reish.
2: We're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reesh with um, the brilliant Dr. John Gray. And this book that he wrote, um, Conscious Men is what's wonderful about it is, you know, there's a lot of books out there, John, about, um, you know, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman. And they're very theoretical and people just can't like they get they get bored very easily. A lot of men in my office, you know, we assign them books and they're like, I just can't keep my attention. But not this book, because the book, like the chapters are very specific, like chapter one. He knows his mission and purpose, like what you talked about. Chapter two, he takes space gracefully, like it's very per- practical. I want to talk about some of the chapters that I thought and, you know, I think will really um, speak to the male and the females listening to um, us today. Um, You talked about mission and purpose. We were just talking about arguments and I think chapter five on he feels his wounds but is not run by them is an extremely important chapter as well as chapter six. He transforms his anger into powerful leadership. So can you talk a little bit about that?
3: yeah yeah and it 's also when you talked about is this is it is the old fashioned man uh having these same challenges and the answer is no uh, Men are much more angry and violent towards women today than they ever have been in history. This is shocking to see what goes on in homes couples. You know, when you go back in time, men and women are not quibbling all the time. Go to any indigenous tribe. Men are not violent to their wives. They don't argue with their wives. As a matter of fact, men and women don't talk that much to each other. So what's going on with them?
2: What's going on in those tribes? What's going on in those relationships? I'm curious, in your opinion.
3: Oh, I've been to these different places. And what you see is that women are grateful to have men do the work they don't want to do. They're (laughs) grateful to have men do the work that's dangerous. Men go into the jungle. Women don't. Women (laughs) garden and take care of children and this is the reality and how does the
2: intimacy work
3: well ironically i mean to go a step beyond most people don't know is at night they they understand the tribes i've been to they understand uh monogamy and marriage which is that if you get married you you know that's his child with her and so forth so what they have is they, they generally will have sex with other partners at night uh, go out into the jungle. That's when women do go to the jungle with a man <laughs> and have sex, but it's not uh, sex which would produce babies. So they do okay. everything else. So And they're very clear about that. Now, there are cultures where they don't understand that men make babies. I mean, there's a lot of unique stuff around the world, but the the bottom line is that Men and women's intimacy is nothing like we're experiencing today. It's women are appreciating what men offer and men appreciate what women offer, but they don't really know each other deeply. Women don't share deeply, nor do men. Uh, That's a different kind of intimacy that we're looking for today. And that's probably, that's one of the reasons we have so many challenges today, that, that there's this transition of role mates where we all, men and women were intimate based upon different roles. And today, women have men's roles. Men have women's roles more and more. There's a blending of roles. So, you know, how do we come together? The way we come together in intimacy, we want to experience this intimacy rather than sameness. We find our differences, our traction is by going deeper inside. And the real connection happens for women is when a man can connect with her inner feelings yeah. Uh, he will feel closer to her now we 're talking about man handling their wounds traditionally, yeah. the way a man handled his wounds. If you were a boy at thirteen years old, you always had some kind of initiation. either you went out into out into the wild and had to do a vision quest for seven days, which I did a lot in my twenties. Those things which really helped me a lot, strengthened my masculinity, strengthened my independence, strengthened my self sufficiency, teaching me how to suffer. I literally suffer without complaining. This is a lot of discipline, you know. I would just eat one cup a day of food. There was discipline that I would practice. I slept wow. on the floor with without a pillow, you know. Not really? all that time, but I, you know, I practiced different disciplines where I wasn't dependent on others to make me happy or comforts to make me happy. Now I love my comforts, but I also have that ability to to be very independent. Now, a boy, one American tribe, you boy, many actually, they would. When a boy became, went through puberty, they would put uh, sticks through their breasts, and that boy couldn't cry out. And then they would tie it to a rope and throw it over, the, over a branch and lift him up into the air, hanging in the air by his breast, and he can't oh, cry gosh. out.
2: You're not advocating that.
3: No, I'm not advocating that at <laughs> all. I'm just saying <laughs> in God. the past, where all these rituals that they would have would teach men not to be a man meant to not cry out to not express your feelings, to suck it in. Even in the army, they train people to stand in line and take verbal abuse without showing any attitude. You learn to suck it up. You learn to endure it. You learn to feel pain and not have to complain about it. This is what strengthens masculinity. Now, the modern technique I teach, which is actually more challenging but also easier because it uses more of our intelligence, is to stand there and listen to your wife talk about painful feelings and not do something about it, but to be present with her. Being present in the in the face of her emotions teaches us how to be present in the face of our own emotions. And we have more feelings, but you don't go and act them out in an unloving way. You find someone that you're not upset with, particularly someone who will relate to you. This is where I talk about men's groups, how important it is for men to have friends where you can talk about your feelings, your painful feelings, with somebody that you're not trying to manipulate or change through expressing your feelings. If I get angry at my wife, I'm using anger to manipulate and intimidate her to change. That is only going to make me a weaker man. It keeps me from being a loving man. It keeps me from finding my inner strength, cool, calm, and collectedness. It makes me more needy and, deba- and demanding a lot of dark qualities. But if I if I'm upset with her, I learn... How to manage that pain. I feel rejected. I take a time out and I take time to reflect on my feelings. But first, even before I take time to reflect on my feelings, I realize I'm too far to my female side. So I have to come back to my male side. So there's certain activities that actually generate testosterone. For me, I just drive in my car. I can also do push-ups. I can also do jogging, intense jogging for short periods of time. Any of these things will put me back into my testosterone mode my estrogen is now lowered. If my estrogen is now lowered to a kind of a balanced level, I can now reflect on my, my emotions and my thoughts and correct them and change them and bring them back to a more loving place. So that's some of the techniques that I now, teach be- in my book.
2: Yes, and they're brilliant. Now, before you go do your push-ups to get your testosterone back up, have you been able to be present with your wife when she's been complaining or did you need to take a time out first?
3: If I'm present with her, I don't need to take a time out. If I, you know, if she is sounding, you know, if I'm not in best form, uh, then certain things will push my buttons. I'm actually really, really good at this. I'm like a, like a, you know. uh, A ninja. A ninja, you know. a A master. You you punch me and I just dodge and you don't even see me move. Uh, My wife's amazing. Uh, Because, you know, she's a woman and what I teach men is that women are like the weather. They're never going to be happy all the time. They're never going to say the things you want them to say all the time. They're going to do it some of the time, but not all the time. And that's one of the most non-ninja things that goes on inside of men is we expect if we make her happy that she's going to stay that way, which is stupid But yet we do that. We think that, okay, I've made her happy. She'll now be happy. I make lots of money. She should be happy all the time. No woman is happy all the time. And I explain that, which is their hormones prevent them. Their hormones are constantly changing. Uh, As estrogen levels go up, their needs in the first part of their cycle, their needs are different. When estrogen levels go down and progesterone goes up, their needs are different. And there's a cycle, kind of like a wave. On the way up the wave, they really appreciate a man's help. They can be very forgiving and accepting. On the way down, uh, if if they're stressed, they become very critical and unhappy. Or they just become more independent and they need you less. So these are like a shift that's happening that men cannot relate to, hard for men to relate to. And so they take it the wrong way. And so they set themselves up for failure rather than realizing their success. Simply put, I love this phrase, I'm going to say it, which is, as estrogen levels are going up, there's a lot you can do to make her happier. As estrogen levels drop and progesterone levels go up, there's nothing really you can do to make her happier, but you can not make her more unhappy <laughs> and, and that's what happens you know it's like the other day my wife you know she's she's had a I was out of town you know for three days or four days she was feeling rather lonely and she got sick with a cold and her back was out and I got up to work on this book and 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 you know just gave her a quick hug and went off to work and then when I came home she was upset I said what's the matter And she says you didn't even ask me about my cold you didn't ask me about my back I just feel like I'm all alone here Now, I could have immediately went, what do you mean? You can call me anytime you want. No, I just gave her a hug and realized she was going to be in this sort of uh, unhappy place for a little while. Then later on, I didn't make it worse by making her wrong, but I just understood that she's going through a difficult time. Let me be kind and gentle and not try to talk her out of those feelings, not make it worse And then she on her own came back to feeling more loving. And then the next day I was particularly attentive to ask her about her health and the little things that she needed and offer help and so forth.
2: So, but you're a ninja. We've established that. So the non-ninjas listening and they're in an argument and they're getting triggered. Um, I I just want to make sure it's, I'm a behaviorist. I want to make sure the behavior is clear. Are they to take a timeout, do some push-ups? possibly to get that testosterone back up and then be present for their wives. If they cannot be present or are after they read conscious men, they'll be able to be present all the time. Or we no, no, no
3: man is present all the time. Just like okay. a woman is not going to be happy. All okay. the time. I want to
2: make that so, clear. So yeah, that the yeah, we're not understand. talking about
3: perfection here and I'm not perfect either. So there's a, there's a limit to you know, if, if, if she's sounding critical to me, I can only take that, I can only dodge so long, one of those bullets is going to get me. When it yeah. happens, then I'm going to say, okay, I hear you. Now, that's our agreed-upon statement. It's a very kind statement. I say, okay, I hear you. What that means, that's agreed-upon code phrase that says, anything more you say is just going to cause me to be more defensive because I'm now in a place of higher estrogen, and I literally can't hear what you're going to say. Okay. If you don't catch it at that moment, then women feel they're not being heard. Their tendency is to keep repeating the same thing over, which justifies his resistance. You've already said that. I got it. I don't want to hear it. And he wants to change it. So
2: I I wish people could see us because I'm looking a little embarrassed right now.
3: That's so true. (laughs) It's just what we do. It's just what we do. I mean, you want to be heard, but there's a place where literally, whether it's a man or a woman, you just can't hear somebody. As soon as your defenses go up, Blood flow stops to the front part of your brain where you're able to in- integrate a different point of view. You're able to say, okay, well, she has a different perspective. That's okay. But when, we, when we're blood flow goes to the back part of the brain, we can't integrate and embrace or feel empathy for a different point of view, a different perspective. There's no compassion when we're in fight or flight. So no, that's why we not. recognize that. Now, long before we had this nice phrase, which I love, I just say, okay, I hear you. And I walk into another room. If if Long before that, I used to say, okay, I just need to think about what you're saying. And then we'll talk again. Uh, Now, we don't even always talk again about the situation. When I say, I hear you, she gets that he's taken in as much on that subject as he's going to hear. Then I come back later. My thing is to come back later and be more friendly, to be more affectionate. and, and, And not even have to go, oh, gee, I'm so sorry or whatever. Although if I've said something mean, I'll say I'm sorry for sure. But sometimes I go, okay, I hear it. And the end of the conversation, and she goes to a place of I trust that he will consider what I've said to the best of his ability. And I go to the place where I trust that when I come back from feeling defensive, she's going to, to the best of her ability, is not going to punish me, is not going to you know demand change, but she appreciates the efforts I make. All I have to do, what I've learned, is try to be a better person, and I always get my wife's love.
2: Well, you guys have earned it with each other because there is a trust, as you said. So uh, there is an understanding between the two of you that uh, you are not going to – you're going to catch yourself before you lose your cool. You're going to catch yourself before you start throwing things back at her. And that, I think, is very important. That's a real important skill.
3: That is so important. Couples escalate, and certainly women escalate without a doubt. But what I say to men is, men, you're the protector. You really need a protector from the dragon inside of you.
2: Wow. So well said. And, 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 and I have to say, don't take this the wrong way, but very sexy, like very masculine. Like uh, I'm not coming on to you, Dr. John Gray. I'm a happily married woman. I, I got uh, that.
3: I got okay. that. Okay. Okay. Which <laughs> no, brings it us is very to, sexy. Women it is. to that he's, he's on her side. He'll protect her. And, and most important, he'll protect her from the dragon inside. OK,
2: so, you know, that conflict is so important. And, you know, we've got about three minutes to go. Chapter 10 goes to chapter 10 is about his sex is a gift of love.
3: Explain, please. <laughs> OK, a couple of minutes. OK, it used to be <laughs> it, it used to be and the more traditional role mate male that he would have sex with his wife and women were obligated to say yes. OK, that's just the way it was. Sex was primarily for men and their need If you look at a man today, a conscious man doesn't want to... He wants to have sex, but he wants the woman to enjoy sex too. It's not satisfying to him if she doesn't enjoy sex too. Now, taken too far, that can become a demand, which is why there's more to say here. But ultimately, the beautiful part of a conscious man is that sex is not just about him, but it's his gift of love and that he wants her to enjoy this part of her as well. A lot of men don't have the techniques to do that, but the attitude is there as they become more conscious is they want her to experience the fulfillment that he experiences and not just be his own one-sided experience. So in short, some of the practical techniques is teaching men, ladies first, make sure she has her orgasm before you do. Because if you have your orgasm first, there's no energy left for her to have a really satisfying orgasm. Uh, it's just kind of like all over. Uh, but when a woman has an orgasm, she's still primed to enjoy more and then a man can have an orgasm inside of her and it's like a double orgasm for her and his will be better
2: Dr. John Gray you are so um, you're you've chock full of practical stuff that can change people's lives so conscious men is the book it's available on amazon.com i believe it's available on your website as well
3: in your store section is that correct uh, i think so i'm not sure Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Sorry, I don't live there. (laughs) Okay. and um, I I know it's at Amazon.com. I'll put it that way. Without a
2: doubt. And I think it's really a great present for the men in your life and the women in your life. I I really, really support this. And I think that everything you're saying is on the money. Um, But I want, you know, as we're running out of time here, I want people to know how do they find you? You know, people want to hear more. They want to see more of you. How do they find? Where are you? What are you doing? How do they follow Dr. John? gray
3: well if you do a google search john gray my website comes up it's marsvenus.com and on the front page if you scroll down a little bit you see there's a john gray every day so i have i have a a library of about uh, 200 different talks that i've given on various subjects so every day there's a talk on a various subject and there's a schedule of talks kind of my own little station of talks that i give during the week and so people can tune in to talk on Monday or talk on Tuesday or whatever—it's always running that day. Also, I have hundreds of blogs that people can access, and so there's lots of that available for people. And in person, I do have my schedule. I'm giving talks around the country and around the world all the time. Uh, that schedule's at my website under under schedule. Uh, and and I three or four times a year here in California at my ranch, I also do a four day training. For men and women, and right near San Francisco and Tiburon, and in LA, I also do a training for women only, uh, which is basically how to train a man.
2: <laughs> um, do you do any workshops for couples themselves, like for the couples?
3: Yeah, that's the ones I do at my ranch. Which okay. Is, uh, and I do that in other countries. That's what I did in Kiev, and that's what I'll do in China, and in Japan, and various countries, and South America, and so forth. When I go there, I'll do a one day seminar, a three day seminar. But here in America, I do a four day seminar a few times a year, and that information's at my website.
2: The book That's is for called men and women. Amazing. Um, the book is called Conscious Men. Uh, it's a must read. Dr. John Gray, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule for um, this show once again. I so appreciate it. I'll leave you alone for a little while. I'll be back in touch again because you are just always so compelling and so full of such amazing stuff. Thank
3: you so much. Oh, so, so happy to talk to you. And we'll talk more about depression and anxiety, how to eliminate those things with extra nutrition and lifestyle changes because I did it. I used to be a very anxious person. And- It's all gone.
2: Oh, I can't wait for that. Can't wait. So we'll have you back. Thank you. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. Keep your eyes on the stars.
1: Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now go live your best life.